Thank you for listening to the Valley Point Church podcast. We are currently in the series, Flaw Faith, a delightful series on how not to be. We hope it's a blessing. Welcome to the final week of Blah Faith. We made it to the end of our summer in terms of our teaching series, so congratulations. Good job being here on the final Sunday, and I'm really excited about what I get the chance to share with you today. I think you'll find it to be encouraging and practical and hopefully very helpful to you. So thank you for being here. I also want to welcome all those who may be watching online. Please tell us where you're watching from so we can say hello to you. We actually have people that watch from Georgia and Florida and Illinois and different states. So that's kind of a fascinating thing that people are tuning in and joining us during these hours. So Thank you for joining us, and it's great to have everybody in the room. Before we jump into our content, I want to give you a couple of updates. In May, we launched an initiative called Move In Well, and that basically concluded last Sunday. The whole purpose of Move In Well is to help us in 13 weeks. That's how many more Sundays we have. Yeah, you can clap for that. We have 13 more weeks here in the middle school before we occupy our new home just down Bethel Road here. And we started the Move In Well initiative so that we could pour some extra effort into certain rooms and move in with excellence, knowing that excellence is something that honors God and it inspires people. And we want our home to be able to serve our regular attenders as well as those who aren't a part of Valley Point yet. And so we started this initiative back in May, wrapped it up last Sunday. We set an aggressive goal of 150000 and you can see that to date, we have raised a little over $808,000. So can we thank God for that? If you were here last week, you know, that's a pretty significant jump from where we were just a week ago, I want to thank you for your generosity. Now, that is short of our goal of 150000 but I am very pleased with this and feel it is a generous move of God's people here at Valley Point, and I really do believe it will help us to move in well. 108000 represents the largest initiative that we have ever walked through here at Valley Point. It's more than all of our Christmas initiatives and anything else that we've done related to a shorter time frame. So I find this to be incredibly encouraging, and I believe God is going to use this effectively so that we indeed can move in well in 13 weeks. So how many of you, like me, have only known Valley Point from being in the middle school? Put your hands up. Hi. Yeah, I can't see any of you, but I'm going to assume it's a lot of people that are like me that have not met anywhere other than the middle school. Well, in 13 weeks, we're going to move in well. And if you are still thinking about contributing to that initiative, you're going to have the opportunity to do that through the end of September. So again, thank you so much for just considering what God might want for you in terms of moving in well and then stepping forward in faith. I'm very grateful and look forward to our new home. So thank you very much. The other thing I want to mention is that today we are going to take 10% of what is given to our general offering and we're going to share that with Ecclesia Church in Houston. This is a church that is loving their city effectively They're organizing volunteers. They're helping people inside their church, outside their church. They are doing an amazing job of serving their city in some wonderful ways. And probably like me, you've watched this past week the utter devastation of Hurricane Harvey. And maybe you've wondered, how can I be a part of this? How can I help? Sometimes it's hard to know what to do. Well, we wanted to take a step and be generous as a church with what God gives to us. And so today, our general offering from that, we're going to give 10% of that to Ecclesia Church. So, yeah. 
So if your heart is moved and you've been wondering what to do about that, you can participate today and know that some of that will go with helping those relief efforts. So, okay, we're going to jump into our final big idea for today, our final blah faith statement. Before we do that, though, join me in prayer, will you? Father, we come before you on this Sunday and we're thankful for our summer. And often we don't like the summer to end, but it's coming to a close here. Schools are beginning or have begun and we embark on a new season. But God, I don't want us as a church to forget about where we have been so far. And we have taken 12 weeks to talk about our faith not being blah, our faith not lacking in content, our faith not being boring. We want our walk with you to be dynamic and real and filled with joy. We want it to be an adventure. There's danger in following you into the unknown. And that's what faith is all about. And so we want to follow you in real and dynamic ways. God, often our faith becomes a little blah. And so we've just taken time over the summer to address this, to talk about it as we wrap up the series today. God, I pray that you'd help all of us to take some things away from what we hear and what we study today and that we would implement it in our lives so that as your church, as Valley Point Church steps forward, We would not be blah, but we would have a faith filled with wonderful things that you're doing in our lives and in our faith community, and that we would have a faith that lives out the adventure that you've called us to. So help us to have a great time as we wrap up our series today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I thought it would be fun to do an 11-week review of where we've been. Yay for reviews, right? Not even the teachers are happy about the review. Well, we're going to walk through it fast, and then I'll give you our final statement. So take out your talk notes. Will you do that? I'd encourage you to write some things down, and you'll get the chance to fill in our final blank for our statement today. Let's fly through this. In week one, here's what we said. If you want to have blah faith, never retell the stories of God's provision. Week two, if you want to have blah faith, pray less. Week three, if you want to have blah faith, don't live like you are forgiven. Week four, if you want to have blah faith, don't make your faith community a priority. Week five, if you want to have blah faith, worry more about right doctrine and worry less about a relationship with Jesus. Week six, if you want to have blah faith, if you want that, then never defend what you believe. Week seven, if you want to have blah faith, keep Jesus to yourself. Week eight, if you want to have blah faith, don't read your Bible. Week nine, if you want to have blah faith, don't even think about surprising the world. Don't do it. Week 10, if you want to have blah faith, never ask questions. And then last week we said, if you want to have blah faith, then run too fast. That's a lot of blah, isn't it? It sure is. And we want to move away from blah faith because we want to walk with Christ that is dynamic and filled with joy and adventure. By the way, when you study scripture, this is exactly how Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to have a faith that is filled with meaningful content and is not boring, but is just an adventure. And so we want to move away from blah faith as much as we possibly can. So let me give you our final big idea for today. Ready? Here we go. If you want to have blah faith, don't bother getting to know Jesus more. Just don't bother. See, I think at the heart of all of this, there is a sense where passionately chasing Jesus And putting him on the top shelf, making him a big deal, and the priority in our lives is absolutely essential. And if we don't do that, if we fail to give Jesus the priority he deserves, well, that would be a tragedy for followers of Christ. 
I think often what happens is we come to know Jesus and we get really excited about that and we're following and then life happens and we kind of push Jesus to the side. He becomes a thing. He becomes something we check off of a list like, you know, I went to church on Sunday, so I did my Jesus thing. I fulfilled my duty. I can check that off or Jesus becomes another one of the guys or just this thing that's over there. Well, if we want a faith that touches and impacts and surprises, then Jesus has to be a priority. He has to be. And so today we want to lift up the name of Jesus and we want to think about how we can put him where he wants to be and where he needs to be in our lives. So if you want to have blah faith, don't bother getting to know Jesus more. We're going to try to bother today. And as we walk through our time together, you might find a little bit of this to be agitating. And that's okay. We could be agitated once in a while. Know that it's coming from love and from a heart that wants us to put Jesus where he belongs so we can have a dynamic faith. Okay, if you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find John chapter 1. John chapter 1, I'm going to read starting in verse 43 in just a moment. John is one of the four Gospels in the New Testament. The Gospels share the life and the story of Jesus. So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John's Gospel. And what we find in John chapter 1, amongst other things, is that Jesus is beginning the process of putting his team together, his disciples. He's gathering them and calling them. And it's with this ragtag of believers and individuals that he's going to turn the world upside down in a great way. So he's gathering his team. He's calling people to come and follow him. And here's what we discover in verse 43. It says, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, hey, Philip, here's what I want for you. Come and follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown couple of other disciples. Verse 45 then says, Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, Nathanael, you are not going to believe this, but we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And then I love the next phrase because I find it to be a little humorous. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, Can anything good come from that dumpy little town? I mean, that troubled place, that small little village, like the Messiah, (laughs) the one that Moses and the prophets spoke about. Can anything good come from Nazareth? And then Philip replies, and he doesn't give an apologetic. He doesn't argue. He doesn't debate. He just simply says, You come and see for yourself. You come and see for yourself. I don't know exactly what to say about him or how to describe him other than I believe he's the one. He's called me. I think he's calling you with your questions and your doubts. You just come and see for yourself. By the way, I think this is one of the greatest things we can do when people inquire about our faith. Sometimes we don't always have the right things to say. And often words get in the way, don't they? You've probably been there. Don't know what to say or how to phrase it exactly. And sometimes it can be really confusing. And so perhaps one of the best things to do is what we find here in John chapter 1. You just come and see for yourself. You investigate the claims of Jesus and see if they are true. And you come to a conclusion on that. Come and see. Come and see. What a fascinating thing to say. I think it's very fascinating. And what a fascinating thing to do. To come and see. Jesus. Come and see. I've been asking myself the question recently. As I've been studying this and just thinking about blah faith. And what God is doing in me spiritually. And where God is taking our faith community. And this is a question I've been wrestling with, and I want to present it to you. 
Is Jesus still captivating and intriguing to you? Is he? Does he still make your heart beat fast once in a while? Like, wow, this is Jesus, and and here's what he's done for me. And here's the price that he paid for my sin. Is Jesus still captivating and intriguing to you, or has he become just kind of another thing? If we're going to follow Jesus passionately, he has to be more than just another thing. He has to have top shelf priority. And so I'm really wrestling with this. I want you to do the same. Does Jesus still capture your heart? Is he still fascinating to you? Is he still interesting? Or has he become a little boring to you? I've been in pastoral ministry now for 24 years. This is all I've ever known in my professional career. I've been a pastor in a few different churches. For 24 years, this is all I've known for work. I trusted in Jesus alone to save me when I was 11 years old. And I'm going to get into that story in just a moment. That was 36 years ago now. So for a long time, I've been trying to walk with Jesus and honor him and teach about him and love him in my imperfect ways in my very imperfect ways, just trying to chase Jesus. And I often wonder, does he still capture my attention the way that he should, the way that he deserves? Is Jesus still intriguing enough where I'm willing to come and see? Just come and see. And I think you need to wrestle with that as well. I'm convinced now more than ever that Jesus must be captivating. Especially for those who claim to follow him and know him, that Jesus must be lived out in us and he has to be captivating in a world filled with hate and anger and bigotry and everything else. Jesus is absolutely needed. And policy and education and hard work can help with all of that, but only Jesus can change a heart. Only Jesus changes hearts. So let me tell you about my story when my heart was changed. I grew up in a home where my mom took my older sister and me to church with her. And I remember doing that at a very young age. And I don't remember a lot of details about that specific church, but I remember going with my mom and my sister. My dad had no interest in church at all. He just wasn't going. But I think God was stirring in his heart because he would read the Bible occasionally, but he just had no interest in going to church with my mom. So at work, my dad came home one day and said, you know, there's these two guys, and they are just, they're wonderful men. And I've begun to know them a little bit, and we're having wonderful conversations, and they have great integrity, they work hard, and they're just great guys. I like these guys, and I remember my dad talking about Ron and Don. That's the guys at work. So my dad would come home and share a little bit about Ron and Don, and eventually those conversations turned from just regular conversations about life to issues of faith. Ron and Don were both believers in Jesus. And they reached out to my dad. They built that kind of friendship with him. Eventually, over time, that friendship led to an invitation to their church. And I remember my dad coming home from work saying, hey, here's the deal. I don't go to church with you guys, but I like Ron and Don. They're wonderful. And I don't know, God's stirring in my heart a little bit. Maybe we should go to their church and just check it out and see what it's like. And my mom was fine with that, even though it wasn't her church. She didn't care because, hey, we can all go as a family. And I think she liked the thought of that. So the next Sunday, we all packed up and and we went to this church for the very first time. I was about eight years old. I remember stepping into that church and it was so warm and friendly. There was a vibrancy to the place. You could tell they loved each other. And it was a church 
that focused on the message of Jesus and how he came and lived and died and rose again. And we can give our lives to him and by trusting in him alone, we can have a forever friendship with God. That was the messaging of the church. That church reminds me a lot of Valley Point Church, actually. And I remember even as a young kid being captured by the community of this place. It was fun. Church was fun. Like I looked forward to going. And so over the next three months, we were at that church every Sunday and God was working in my dad's heart and in my mom's heart who had never trusted in Jesus to this point. And at about the three month time frame, they both said, we've never given our lives to Christ. We've never trusted in him alone. We've never embraced his leadership and his forgiveness. And I remember my mom and dad praying and inviting Jesus to take the lead in their lives. And that was a very special time for our family. It wasn't long after my mom and dad did that, that my older sister trusted Christ as well. And so our family was just coming to life spiritually. And I remember watching all of this and it was just fascinating. Well, it wasn't too long after that at the age of 11 where I recognized, you know what you guys are talking about and what you've done in terms of inviting Jesus to be your leader and trusting in him alone to rescue you? That's not something that I've done. And I get that Jesus came and he died for me and he rose again so I can have this everlasting life. And I I, I want that. That sounds marvelous. And so I sat down with my sister and prayed and invited Jesus to be my leader the greatest decision that I've ever made in my life. And I will tell you that our family dynamic changed dramatically, quickly. Our family was coming to life spiritually and it was real for us. Like getting to know Jesus and who he was and what he had done for us It was all brand new information. And we were captured by all of that. And it was interesting to us. It was a very real time for my family. And I want you to hear this. Often, the longer we're in, or the longer we've known something, or the longer we have had time with someone The newness wears off, the novelty wears off, and it kind of just becomes another thing. And I will say that there have been periods in my life where Jesus has not had top shelf priority. And I so desperately remember that time in my family, and I want that over and over again, the realness of just chasing Jesus. And hear this, I want that for our church family as well. Like we can't let Jesus just be another small thing. He has to be the thing. He has to be everything for us, not just something that we do and that we check off. He needs to be the priority. It needs to be real for us. And so I think the question becomes, how do you place Jesus where he needs to be? How do we constantly make sure that he is real and vibrant in what we're chasing and what we want in life? How do we constantly check that and make sure? Well, there's probably several different ways we could approach this. We could have a Christological study. And we've done that in the past and we'll do that in the future. As a matter of fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to talk to you about Christ alone. And that's going to be a wonderful talk. And I'm putting that together right now. And I'm very excited about sharing that with you. It's a Christological kind of conversation, the person of Jesus and how we can trust in him and him alone. We could have a, a soteriological discussion. Soteriology is the theology of salvation. And certainly Jesus is at the center of soteriology. This is how we enter into forever friendship with God. We could dive into scripture and look at story after story after story and investigate what Jesus said and what he did and just be enthralled again with the person of Jesus and how he inspired and how he changed lives. We could do all of that. But here's actually how I want to approach this today. 
in terms of placing Jesus where he needs to be? And how do we make sure that he is real to us and we're in love with him? I want to share with you a very simple process, a simple path that we can all choose to take or not. But it's a very simple path. I want to share this with you because I believe when we engage this way, Jesus will be at the center of our lives and we'll be honoring him. So here at Valley Point Church, we have a discipleship path. By the way, the word discipleship just means one who follows and it's the process and the study of following. And here we would say we are disciples of Jesus. So we follow after Jesus and we have a process for doing that. So get your talk notes ready. You've got some blank space there in order to be able to write these things out. And I would encourage you to do that. By the way, this is not new information. If you've been here at Valley Point Church before, you've heard me talk about this pathway. It looks like this. Worship. That's part of the path. Connect. And then go. Worship, connect, and go. This is our simple pathway for discipleship. Now, what does this mean? Well, worship, this is where we grow our friendship with God, where we respond to him and to his greatness, where we tell him that he is worth it. That's what worship is. Connect, this is where we have the opportunity to get to know each other in a deeper way and link arms so that we can hold each other up. It's where we grow our relationships with others and go. This is where I have the opportunity with the one life that has been given to me to do something significant, which God wants for us. So let's think about this. A discipleship process. I believe that when we worship and connect and go, we will be placing Jesus exactly where he needs to be and where he should be. And we will be constantly in love with him and captured with him. So worship, let me ask you this. The posture of your heart, where is it pointed? Is it pointed in God's direction? Or would you say it's pointed somewhere else right now? We can point our hearts in a lot of different ways. If we're going to make a big deal about Jesus, we need to tell him that he is worth it, and the posture of our heart needs to be pointed to him so that we are constantly responding to him and to his greatness. What about connect? Well, it's interesting because this is where I have the chance to get to know you. And you have the chance to get to know me. And we move out of isolation and into community. See, following Jesus was never meant to be lived in isolation. If we do that, we're in great danger of being picked off. We will be. But when I spend time with you, and you spend time with me, and we link arms, and we laugh together, and cry together, and we serve each other, when we lift each other up, when that's necessary, when we encourage, when we challenge and confront you to me and me to you, well, we're connecting. We're getting out of rows and getting into circles and having face-to-face conversations. And all of that helps us fall deeper in love with Jesus. It's a great thing. Connect. What about go? Well, again, this is where I have the chance with my one life to do something significant. Right? Going. And surprising the world with acts of kindness and love and sharing the message of Jesus who loves all people. All people. And when I'm doing that, I'm not only acting like Jesus, but I'm falling deeper in love with him. So worship, connect, and go. This is our simple pathway to discipleship here. And I would encourage each and every one of you to think about how you can lean into this, not so that you're just doing stuff, 
but so that you're falling deeper in love with Jesus. So let's just talk practically about this for a few moments. Worship. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Take advantage of Sunday, okay? And you guys are here, so you're actually doing that. But I want to throw that challenge out there that you consistently take advantage of Sunday because this is where we come to the table and and we get the chance to eat a little bit, the spiritual food that God wants from us. We get the chance to dive into his words and discover this is what God is saying and here's what that means for me. And all of that, our times of prayer and singing and diving into scripture, that's telling God that he's worth it and it takes my heart and it put, points it in, in his direction. The posture of my heart, Sunday helps so much with that. And so take advantage of Sunday, be here. By the way, this is a really fun season that we're walking through right now. Fun season. Most churches don't get the opportunity to walk through what we're about to experience in 13 weeks, moving into a new home and how we have this wonderful tool to serve the communities around us. Most churches don't get to experience this. And so we're in a fun season and there's going to be some marvelous Sundays in front of us. If you miss them, you'll be sad. Don't be sad. <laughs> All right? Don't be sad. By the way, I, you know, we're, we're focused on 13 Sundays. You know, it's all about, wow, new home. Uh, wow, how fun is that going to be? It's, it's going to be so much fun. It's even hard to imagine. A lot of fun. We have some wonderful closing days here in the school coming. And right now I'm in the planning stages of what that's going to look like. And I'm just telling you, you do not want to miss the special days that we're going to have here. Many of you raised your hand saying, we've only known Valley Point Church. And I'm in this category as well. We've only known Valley Point Church since being in this school. In this building, kids have been dedicated. Hundreds have been baptized in almost 13 years. So many of you have wrestled with spiritual decisions in these chairs. Marvelous things have happened right here. And we have some wonderful closing days where we're going to celebrate the journey that God has taken us on. And you don't want to miss these days. If you do, you'll be sad. Again, don't be sad. So as soon as I have these specific dates, we're going to share them with you. And you'll want to set them aside, cancel all other plans. Because, because I'm just telling you, right? The posture of my heart. I can fill my life with a lot of other stuff. And that's not hard to do at all. And if you're like me, there's probably too much stuff there. Adding and doing. Remember we talked about that last week? Adding and doing and we just keep doing all of this and there's just no space and margin. Create some margin. And you want to make Sunday a priority and take advantage of what happens right here. We need this. I need this. When I see you on a Sunday, I can't even begin to describe to you how encouraging that is. Right? And let's just put it in real practical terms. I speak on most Sundays. The thought that you get up to listen to this, sometimes that's amazing to me. Like, I just don't know if I would do that. But you do, and hopefully there's value in this. When I see you, Wow, really encouraging. Often after Sundays, Tanya and I will go home and we'll eat something and then we'll begin to talk. Hey, did you see so-and-so? Yeah, I saw him. And then she'll say, hey, did you get the chance to speak to? Yeah, we got the chance to talk. And then I'll say, hey, did you see that person? No, I didn't see them. Like, wow, you really missed out. I I had a conversation with them and, and here's something that's happening in their life. And then Tanya will try to outdo me because <laughs> she's competitive like that. And so she'll say, well, I had a marvelous conversation with this person. I'm like, you did. I didn't even see them. Are you kidding me? And so we'll have these conversations and it is so encouraging just to discuss who we saw and who we prayed with and who we talked to. And that is so meaningful. When you look around the room and when you see other people, you have no idea what that might do for them. And when you sense, you know what, they're here and this is a value to them, maybe it should be a value to me as well. 
Proximity and presence, so important. And it helps with the posture of our hearts. I had an individual talk to me just this past week and said, when I came for the first time, there was a gentleman who really reached out to me and my son. And he talked to us and he has no idea how meaningful that was on my first Sunday and how much he helped us just relax and breathe a little bit. I took that information and I shared it with the man that spoke to them. And he said, you know what's funny about that? I don't even remember them. I don't remember having that conversation. And I share that with you just so that you know, all of these small little interactions are so vital to what happens in this space and what will happen in our new home. And again, all of it is helping us to respond to the greatness of God and point our hearts in the right direction. So take advantage of what happens on Sunday. It's here for us. All right, let's think about connect. Linking arms with other people, getting out of rows, which rows are okay. We're sitting in rows today, but we want to get people in circles, smaller groups where you get the chance to interact face to face and you can encourage and be known and be loved and love and do all of that. This is what happens when we connect into groups. Right now in the lobby, we are signing people up for our small groups that begin this month. And I would encourage you, if you've never been a part of a group, this is the opportunity for you to get to know other people who will love you and encourage you and build you. And this is something that you need. I need that and you need that. And so I would encourage you to consider getting into some type of small group. Now, if that sounds really intimidating to you, our, you know, most of our small groups meet in homes and that, it's like, whoa, that's, that's kind of a little weird. You know, I'm not too sure about that. I don't know if I want to be in somebody's house. I'd encourage you to take advantage of Men of Ice. That's for our men. They meet twice a month at our Bethel Row campus. And that's a group of 30, 40, 50 men. They have breakfast together. There's teaching. It's wonderful. And that's a way for you to get into a group that isn't too small. For our ladies, there's real women. They meet once a month starting in October. And there's 50, 60, 70 ladies who come together. And there's worship and teaching and they chat. That is a marvelous way for you to get to know other people outside of this room. And here's what that does. It gives you somebody else that's for you and with you and has the ability to hold your arms up when you need that to cry with you when you cry and to celebrate when you celebrate. By the way, all of this helps us to love Jesus in deeper ways. We need people around us. What about go? Well, go's a wonderful thing and I would encourage you to think about it this way. Here on Sunday morning, there's opportunity for you, you to use the one life that God has given to you. If you take out your program, you'll notice in your, on your connection card, take that out on the... Back side of the card talks about volunteering in the following areas. And these are the greatest needs right now where it would be wonderful for someone to step in and say, you know what, I'm going to use my life and I'm going to do something significant with our babies through pre-K, through our kinder- with our kindergartners through fifth graders. It's a wonderful age group for our, for our kids' check-in hosts, welcoming families, right? If you've walked through that, you know how important that is to be welcomed in a great way and have somebody walk you through that. Well, maybe this is your chance to go and to serve those coming through the doors that way. We need support with our coffee team. These are areas where you can begin to do something significant right now. And if you want to check that off, we'll have somebody contact you and get you connected immediately. By the way, this is more than just filling time. All right, what happens here on Sunday morning serves the community. And you have the chance to go right here on Sunday morning. And I would encourage you to consider that. You also have a Love Day flyer in your program. Take that out. Our first Love Day. They're back. Here they are. I'm excited about this one. It's Sunday, September 17th, just a couple of weeks. And we're going to partner with Treasures for Educators. This is a wonderful organization that collects donated items and supplies them to schools 
in the greater Philadelphia area, undersupplied schools. And so I'm not going to read through that list there, but you, you can check that out. And we make love days very easy for you. Like, this is so easy. All right? But I don't want to underestimate the impact. Because when we deliver these items, it's amazing how people respond. And our generosity sometimes is so great and, and overwhelming that they don't always know what to do with all of the stuff. But we're going to collect these items, and all you have to do is bring it with you on Sunday. You drop it off in the lobby, we take care of the rest. And we're going to deliver that to Treasures for Educators. That's what happens in September. In October, then, we're going to take the third Saturday. And we kind of do this every other month now. So we collect one month, and then the next month we have a Saturday where we take two hours. We meet at the Bethel Row campus. We have a wonderful breakfast. And then we have opportunities within the communities around us to go and repair and restore and clean and fix and do whatever it is that they need us to do. So we're not imposing on them what we think they should do. We just say, what do you need? And we send teams of 10 to 20, 30 people, and we begin that process. That happens in October. You pay attention to these love days because this is a great way to go and do something significant. We have compassion trips that are coming in 2018. I'm really excited about these. We have three of them, actually. We're going to send a team to the Dominican Republic again. We're going to send another team back to Guatemala. And then we have a team going to Russia. That's all going to happen in 2018. And I would encourage everybody to consider going on a compassion trip. It will change your life. It just changes your life. And those are coming in 2018. And this is how we try to give opportunity for our church to go, whether it's here on Sunday morning, whether it's a love day, bringing stuff or going out on a Saturday, or whether it's a compassion trip. When we go, we're doing significant things. Our lives get changed in the process. And guess what? I think we're really captured with Jesus because we're doing the kinds of things that he would want us to do. So here it is. A simple pathway for discipleship, a pathway for acting a little bit more like Jesus. Worship, connect, and go. This is where I deepen my friendship with God. This is where I deepen my friendships with other people. And this is where I use my one life and do something significant. Let me go back to our big idea. If you want blah faith, don't bother getting to know Jesus more. Let's bother, <laughs> okay? Let's bother ourselves. Let's inconvenience ourselves a little bit and place Jesus where he needs to be and where he should be in our lives so that our faith is dynamic and not blah. Okay, I want to roll out some takeaways now. And I would encourage you to fill in these blanks. I'm going to break it up into different groups so you can find the group that is appropriate to you and make sure you lean into that one. All right, so let's think, how do we move away from blah faith? We want to get to know Jesus more, worship, connect, and go, all of this stuff. Here we go, students. Let's start with you, our middle school, high school, college-age students. Make the choice now. Make the choice now to worship, connect, and go. For all the students in the room, I will say this to you. There's nothing more dynamic than a young person somebody in middle school, and we have kids even younger than that. That's great too. Young kids, middle school age kids, high school kids, college age kids. There's something very dynamic about young people following Jesus. I, I don't know if anything beats that. There's something raw and refreshing about that. And so I want to encourage all of the students in the room you think about worshiping and connecting and going now. I think sometimes students say, I'll do that when I get a little bit older. Like that's for adults. That's for my parents. That's for old people. And I will flip that switch at some point in life. All of the stats say that probably won't happen for you. If you don't turn that switch now and make Jesus a priority, it may never happen for you. And so for the students in the room, you just determine right now, I want to make Jesus a big deal because he deserves that and he wants that from me. And there's something very dynamic about young people living out their faith. So make the choice to worship, connect, and go and set a great example for the rest of us, all right? Young adults, young adults, 
This would be probably people who are uh, maybe married, no kids yet, or not married, chasing a career. Here's what I want for you. Evaluate your schedules now. Remember the whole adding and doing, adding and doing. It seems like young adults, young marrieds without kids, they're always adding and doing because they have that kind of margin in their lives to do that because time is somewhat free. I would encourage you right now, don't add too much where you schedule Jesus out of your life. Make him the priority and evaluate your schedules now. Schedule space for the one who matters. Young marrieds, determine values for your family centered on Jesus. So you're building values right now. You might not be writing them down, but how you respond, what you do with your calendar, how you spend your money, you're determining your family values. I would get ahead of that and do those things on purpose and determine those values centered on Jesus. And you might be amazed at what happens in your family. Middle-agers, all right? This is me. I'm in this group as well as many of you. Perk up and lead, all right? So here's what happens in the middle years, what I'm discovering. Often the middlers, is that a word? I don't even know. Uh, Many of those of us in the middle years, here's what happens. So you know, you've been doing stuff and you know, it's time for somebody else to pick up these things. It's time for somebody else to lead. No, you lead. Perk up. Don't be soft spiritually. Nobody needs that or wants that. Perk up and lead and do something significant. Golden years. <laughs> this is probably my favorite. Poke. Uh, you, you poke. You poke away. If you're in your golden years, listen. You have enough maturity and wisdom to walk around and say, you're crazy, you need to stop doing that. (laughs) Or you're out out of balance over here. Or your zipper's down. You've got to adjust that. You've got to fix that, all right? This is what the golden years get to do. So you just walk around. You have earned the respect and the ability to say, stop, adjust, and begin living for Jesus. So you poke. By the way, if you're not in the golden years and you're poking, stop. That's just annoying, okay? But if you're in the golden years, have a ball, and I can't wait to get there. That's going to be fun. All right, one more category, retirees, retirees. Here it is. Share your stories of following Jesus and how that has added value to your life. So you've lived a while, and you've experienced some things. And if you've walked with Jesus, you have a story or two or more of what God has done for you and how he's added value to your life. The rest of us need that. Like, are you kidding me? Those are wonderful stories that we have to hear. And so you just begin walking around and whether people want to hear it or not, just butt in and insert what's, what God has done for you. That's perfectly fine. You get to poke a little bit. Those two things kind of work together. So have fun being ornery and just talking about the value that God has added to your relationship. Do that. Back to the text. John chapter one, verse 46. <laughs> Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from that little town? Philip replies, come and see. Come and see. So the challenge is, let's come and see again. And if Jesus has been pushed over to the side, if he's just kind of a thing, let's begin to worship, connect, and go in dynamic ways. Let's walk the path so that Jesus has the priority that he needs and deserves in our lives, and we're moving away from blah faith. Father, we thank you so much for this summer series. I know I've enjoyed teaching and learning, asking these questions of myself. God, these are tough things. Is Jesus still a priority? What's the posture of my heart? Is it pointed in your direction? Am I responding to you and your greatness? 
Or am I just being overwhelmed with all the pressures of life and allowing that to crowd out the greatness of God? Am I connecting with people or have I isolated myself? If I do that, I'm in danger. I've got nobody there to hold me up. Am I going? Am I using the one life that I have been given to do significant things and to surprise and delight here in this community and around the world, wherever you might take us? But especially where we live, work, and play. Is that happening? God, I just want to give this series to you and our summer and ask that you help us Help us to move away from blah faith. To live the kind of life that is dynamic and real. And God, when we walk through those seasons where we kind of just neglect the one who paid for our sins, kind of push him behind other things and lift up work or hobbies or whatever it might be, other people even, in front of him, that you would so grab our hearts that we would be convicted and challenged to say, okay, I've got to get back on the path of worshiping and connecting and going, not just to fill my calendar with activity, but to point my heart to you and fall in love with Jesus all over again. God, maybe that's what a lot of us need, just to fall in love with you again. May our hearts beat fast with the one who came and paid for our sins and rose again. What an incredible gift. Jesus doing for us what we never could have done on our own. May our hearts beat fast for honoring him and placing him where he belongs in our lives. Help us now. Help us, we do pray, to live out the kind of dynamic faith that you want for us, knowing that that's going to have profound impact where we live, work, and play. Do that in us and through us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.